Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Well, good morning. We're going to go ahead and move in. Um, we we, we uh, had an interesting week. Um, we uh, packed up, and except for a couple of little items left, we, we got the house um, completely uh, emptied, um, which is great. And uh, the truck will, will be here sometime this week. We're not sure when. Um, so we're uh, uh, excited about being back. We missed you. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving with your family, and, and uh, we're excited to be back. Um, we, uh, as Steve mentioned, we, we did have a little bit of a scare yesterday. Um, neither, n- neither Emily or I had ever been in an accident before, um, and um, we, were, we were going down the highway at a typical highway speed, um, and I just remember Emily was driving, and uh, we were in her vehicle, and I just remember looking, and it was in a dark, you know, it was pitch black. We couldn't see anything, and I just remember saying, deer, and then everything went boom. Uh, all the airbags went off. Um, But everybody's okay. Just stuff, guys. It's just stuff. And in that moment, you don't care about the car. And the first thing out of our mouths was, is everybody okay? Easton, are you okay? And uh, we were so proud of how he handled it. Um, Him and I were kind of nervous about the whole thing, but he seemed to be fine, you know, till he thought... You know, he, he got upset about the car, you know. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're safe. We're okay. We're, um, we're probably a little sore. But, uh, you know, throughout, throughout all this, throughout the house issues and not selling through uh, the week of, of getting everything packed away and how hard that was and, and, and now this, um, Folks, we just kind of need to be real with each other for a second. The enemy is not happy. And, and trust me, that is a good thing. Okay? God is going to do some amazing things here. He is going, and, and listen, if, if you get this silly idea or thought that that's because of me, you're, 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 you're nuts. Okay? That's because of all of us. Every single one of us is a part of this, okay? And, and I guess I'm just an easy target. I don't know. But the enemy is not happy. And when the enemy isn't happy, we need to be happy because we are doing the things that the Lord is asking us to do because the enemy is not a dummy. He is smart, he is intelligent, and he knows what's going on in the spirit realm and he knows that things are starting to get shaken, okay? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared. What we have to do at this moment is rejoice because we know good things are coming, okay? And I have no doubt that that yesterday could have been much, much worse. Emily and I have had conversations 
you know, since it's happened, about how that could have been worse and how God protects us and how God takes care of us, even in the midst of something that is unpleasant. And uh, if you want to see pictures of the car, M has them. Um, it's kind of weird to look at now, um, but we're safe and we're okay. And we're excited because God's got some cool stuff in store. And all of us get to be a part of this. All of us do. So thank you for your prayers. We'll be fine. We're good. And um, hopefully we don't have to go back to Albuquerque for a while. <laughs> Well, Merry Christmas. We're going to be starting a new series this week um, about our Christmas series. It's going to take us through a couple of weeks here. And um, the title of the, the, the series is going to be Answering Charlie's Questions. And uh, I, 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 before we kind of get started, we, we have a little clip that we're going to show. So, Fred, if you're ready, you want to hit that clip. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. He shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Father, we love you. We need you. I need you. Father, I pray right now that you would just speak through me, that I would go away and that you would come forward. Because what we need is you and your words. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love Christmas time. Love it. Um, I'm one of those people, I think I've mentioned this before, like, you know, like people turn on the Christmas music, you know, around Thanksgiving. In my house and in my car, especially in my house when my wife isn't around, Christmas music goes all year long. I had somebody ask me once, they're like, if Christmas music is so good, why doesn't people listen to it all year round? And I said, I do. And then that shut them up pretty quickly. And made them realize how weird I was. So I love Christmas. I love Christmas stuff. I love Christmas smells. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas specials. I grew up watching Charlie Brown Christmas and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all these great, wonderful things. But my favorite has always been Charlie Brown. And I love it because the, the idea of it, and, and if you have not seen a Charlie Brown Christmas, you probably aren't alive. Uh, if you haven't, this would be a great year to do that. 
and to watch it. I don't know if it's been on yet, but I have the DVD. I will let you borrow it if you promise to bring it back and not break it. So I love Charlie Brown Christmas. And I love it because the story is so timeless. And basically the idea of a Charlie Brown Christmas is Charlie Brown is upset. He's, he's depressed. He doesn't understand why. And he says to himself, I should be happy. It's Christmas time, but he can't figure out why. And so he begins to kind of try to figure out what Christmas is all about. And he begins to see his dog finding it in, in basically um, uh, decorating the house, his little sister in basically getting a list of Santa. Uh, him getting involved in a Christmas play and all these things, him getting a tree that's not good enough and all this stuff happens and finally at the very end he's fed up, he doesn't know what else to do and so he kind of shouts out and it, and it wasn't in the video, it, got, it wasn't muted, it was muted, no big deal and basically he says, isn't there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, well sure Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And then he goes and he quotes Luke 2. And what I love about this, and this is just me, I love that every year on whatever station, lately the last certain number of years has been ABC, you turn on a Charlie Brown Christmas and what do you get? You get straight from Luke 2, the gospel story. I love that. And so he says, that's what it's all about. And that changes everything in Charlie's life. And he begins to see that. And the thing is, as I was putting this together, thinking about this uh, last month, I was thinking, you know, I think that's a question that we all have. What what is Christmas all about? Because when you think about it, we kind of, it's easy to get lost in all the stuff. And listen, the stuff isn't wrong. And the stuff isn't bad. But like most things in our life, it's about putting things in the order and the perspective that they belong in. And we have to get our order right. When we get our order wrong, everything else gets messed up. What Charlie Brown was doing wasn't wrong. It's just he didn't understand what it all really meant and what it's about. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to answer Charlie's question. We're going to take some time and we're going to look at different uh, passages of Scripture that talk about the the birth story of Jesus, and begin to answer that question. Today we're going to be in is Matthew, Matthew 1.18, and it's going to be up on the screen behind you if, it's, um, if, you, have, if you don't have your Bible, and uh, we'll read it together. And this is what it says, starting with verse number 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quickly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins." All of this occurred to fulfill the the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. So this morning, we're going to look at some things. What is Christmas really all about? The first thing we're going to talk about is this. Christmas is all about the mission of of Jesus. The mission of Jesus. If you look back at our scriptures that we're looking at this morning at verse number 21, you see this. It says, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from 
their sins. It's interesting here, at the very beginning of all of this, we see that Jesus has a mission. The mission of Jesus is to save the people from their sins. The name Jesus actually means the Lord saves. That is why Jesus came. Jesus came, he was on mission. He was on a mission. It was all about mission. If you as an individual or we as a church don't have a mission or are not about missions, we are missing something very vital to the very understanding of what God would have us to do. Jesus came because he was on a mission. Look here at Luke 10, or 19.10, it says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. You've got to understand something. Now, we look at the Christmas story, and we should in some ways, as we see our little, our, little, our Savior wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know, usually sometimes we see this with, with Mary and Joseph. Sometimes Mary uh, has a plate around the back of her head. And we see this, and it's beautiful. And Jesus is sitting there, and he's just, you know, gaga goo goo, you know. Uh, just so you know. I know this is, you know, some people will care about this, some people won't. I, I, I began my acting debut, six months old. I played Jesus. <laughs> Didn't cry. Mom held me. Mom played Mary. It was beautiful. You know, I, 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 I still waiting for my, you know, Oscar in the mail. But, you know, didn't win anything. But I was great. Didn't cry at all, you know. Just cooed when necessary, just to give the, just so the people knew that it wasn't a plastic baby doll, you know, that was real, you know. And so Jesus comes and we see this picture. But I want to help you understand something. This picture, although true, isn't the full picture, okay? I want to explain something to you so you need to understand this. This is important. I, I, I love history. I'm very much about history. I enjoy history. I love learning history. Jesus coming. Okay, if this will help you understand this, Jesus' coming as a baby was literally similar to the men dropping off on the beaches at Normandy on D-Day. It was an invasion. This was not this, Satan was not sitting there, enemy was not sitting there going, oh, this is great. This was an invasion of his kingdom. This was done because there was a mission in store. Even back at the beginning, when we see the fall, when we see that happen, we see Jesus, we see God giving this understanding of a prophecy of basically one day this guy's head is going to be crushed. This is the, one of the first steps in that. This is about a mission. If you see Christmas and all you see is a little baby in a manger, you are missing all that God has for you. What we need to understand, not in a militant way, not in a crazy Christian soldier way, but in a way that says this was an invasion to bring people freedom. This was the first step. And Jesus was all about that mission. He understood that mission. He understood why he was coming to seek and save those that were lost. Listen, if that's the mission of Christ, if that's why Christ came and we are to be his disciples, basically meaning we are to be just like Jesus, why is our mission different? Where is our mission? As individuals, what are we doing 
to get that mission kicked into gear. Because this was Jesus' mission. His name literally means to save. He came to save his people from their sins. If you don't start with Christmas and understand that that was a major part of the mission of God to bring people freedom and hope and joy and all those things, you're going to miss what this is all about. Because you've got to understand something. I love Christmas. I love it a lot. But Jesus doesn't stay in the manger. He grows up. He teaches He shows us what it is to live a life that is honoring to God in every way, shape, or form. Then he lays down his life as a ransom for many because it was his mission from the very beginning. Christmas is about mission. Christmas is about, in a weird way, invasion. And we have to understand that. Because when we understand it as an invasion, we can also understand it as something else. And that is rescue. You know what I love about people that need rescuing? They can't do it on their own. You see, if you need a rescue, if you need someone to come and rescue you, you cannot get out of that issue by yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday evening, we needed rescue. And God sent an amazing, amazing police officer who was incredible to help us. We were stuck. God sent a man. We were, we were in the middle of the, I'm almost in the middle of the highway. A man stopped. So we could push the car, because we were scared somebody was going to come around and hit us from behind. And so we, we're getting out of the car and we're pushing it off to the side of the road. I couldn't do that by myself. I, 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 we needed rescuing. Listen, there is no shame And there is nothing wrong with understanding that we need to be rescued. In fact, that's a good place to be. Because we realize we can't do it on our own. We're not supposed to do it on our own. That's why he came. We need that. We desire that. And rescue is a great thing. And it's something that Christmas is all about. Christmas is also about understanding Jesus as Emmanuel. Jesus as Emmanuel. Look at Matthew again, verse number 23. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I love this verse as John begins his gospel. Uh, In John 1, he says, so the word, the word here meaning Jesus, the word became human and made his home among us. There's a translation that I was reading, and, and, and it says basically this. It, it's, it's a paraphrase, but it says basically that, that, that the word came and, and he moved into the neighborhood. I love that. You see, I have this thing, okay? Maybe you're like this. Maybe you're not. I hope you are. But I like to be close to people I love. I like that. I don't like to have long-distance relationships, that's not fun, okay? Over the last couple of weeks, Emily and Easton were long-distance relationships, okay? It was not fun. It was not easy. It was, it was acceptable, 
but it wasn't what I really wanted. I couldn't reach out and grab my son when I wanted to and hug him. I couldn't kiss my wife. I could see them. I could talk to them, but it just wasn't enough. Do you understand? The understanding of Jesus as Emmanuel is literally like God saying, listen, I want to be so close to you, I can reach around and grab you. Do you get that? Okay, the God who spoke and stuff appears, you know, planets, galaxies, oh, oh, everything, wants to be so close to you that he can grab you and grab you up in his arms. And listen, if you're sitting there and you're believing the lie that the enemy is saying right now, going, no, 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 not me. You tell the enemy to, to shut up because it is you. Every single one of you, God reaches for you. God loves that. I love here that in this birth story of Jesus, what name does he get called? Emmanuel. Our God is with us. God's not way over there. God's not over there. God's not over the mountain. God's not way there, gone up in heaven, way away from us. He is present. He is here. He is God with us. And that's awesome. That's incredible. I had somebody ask me once, are you excited about heaven? And I said, yeah, I'm experiencing it every day. And they looked at me like, you're nuts. And I said, no, 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 no. What makes heaven heaven? What makes heaven heaven? Is it a place that we're interested in? Are we going, oh, goody, streets of gold. Oh, my goodness. Oh, a mansion. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Is that what we're excited about? Because I'm not. You know what heaven is? Heaven is heaven because Jesus and God and the Spirit are there. So that means heaven is here right now. Jesus didn't say, you get life and have it to the fullest later. You get it now. And if you don't have it now, that's not because Jesus isn't here. That's because you think that somehow that takes place later on. That can happen today. Right now. I want life to the fullest now. Because life to the fullest is experiencing this life with a God who is present and who loves me and who cares about me. Even all my faults, even all my mess ups. Isn't it awesome that Jesus looks at us and says, I know all your mistakes. I love you anyway. I know all the dumb things you're going to do. And I still am here. I'm still Emmanuel. I'm still God with us. Look, this is a, this is a great little building, isn't it? This is great. But, but Jesus doesn't live here. You don't, you don't need to come here to experience God. You can experience him anywhere you want. We just come here and do it together as a family. But you can experience him out there in the parking lot, over the mountain, in New Mexico, in, in Europe, wherever you're at, God is there. We just do it here as a corporate group together. And he's here with us. But he's also when you leave. You know, I had somebody once say, he said, listen, when you leave this place, don't forget to take the guy that you're supposed to go, you know, that you think is here. Go with him. He wants to come with you. God with us. God desiring us. Listen, let's be honest. Do we really like to hang around people we don't really like? 
I mean, come on. Do we really? I mean, we'll put up with people? You know, I mean, let's, let's, let's just be open and honest here. I mean, come on. Well, the holidays are here. Okay? And everybody, you know, I got some people that are like smiling because they're like, okay, I know where he's going with this. And some people are like, oh, no, I can't. They'll smile because my, my relatives are around here. And that's fine, too. But you know what? We love our families. We don't always like them. Okay? We love them. Okay? I think this is interesting. God not only loves you, he likes you. He wants to be near you. What happens when Jesus dies? Curtain. Why? He doesn't have to have that separation anymore. One of the things I think that Jesus was so excited about, that, that you remember he says it, it was for the future joy? The joy that was laid before him, Jesus endures the cross. You probably, you, you know what was one of those joy things? Curtain's getting torn. Because he wants to be around us. He wants to be near us. And more than that, think about this. Remember when you were three, four, five, six, or maybe 38 or 80? And what do we do? We ask Jesus into our heart. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, God doesn't just want to be around you. He wants to envelop you. He wants to be a part of every fiber of your being. We see Jesus, if anyone, if I stand at the door and knock. How cool. How amazing. Listen, listen, listen. If you, if you are 38 or 108 or, or 8 and you have lost the awe of understanding that God loves you that much, you need to get your pulse checked. And I mean that. This is good stuff. There's a reason why the Bible says when people walked around, they said, hey, we got some good news. They didn't say, eh, this is all right. Hey, oh, well, you know, hey, if you got time. They're like, listen, this is good news. You know what? Let's be honest. Our world needs some good news. And what a great time to share that. That Jesus didn't just come as a baby. He came as Emmanuel, God with us he left the very splendors of heaven he left all those things to be born as a baby and to have an intimate close relationship with us and the final thing i want to focus on this morning as we look about look at what christmas is all about christmas is about change in our lives and behaviors. Look at Matthew, okay? We're going to go back to Matthew. We're going to look at verses 19 through 24. Now, before we do this, we have to kind of do a real quick rundown because I know it was a little while ago. Remember, Joseph at this time, as we get into verse 19, Joseph has basically decided to to divorce Mary. He's decided to break off the engagement, and that's where we're at. And so Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quickly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Let's just stop there. That's good. You know what's interesting? Joseph had a plan. And here's what's good. Joseph had an honorable plan. 
Joseph, listen, we love to talk about Mary. And that's good. And we should. Because that's a neat story. But we need to talk about Joseph here too. Joseph was chosen just as much as Mary was. And Joseph was a good man. We don't, we don't focus on Joseph. Maybe next year we'll do a whole series on Joseph. Don't hold me to it. But yeah, we'll, but Joseph is a good man. And he decides with this situation, he is going to divorce her quietly. Okay? You know why he's wanting to divorce her quietly? Because if the neighbors find out what has happened... At best, she's going to be ridiculed like crazy. At worst, she's going to be taken out of the city and have rocks thrown at her head. And so he doesn't want her to get harm in any way, shape, or form. So he makes his mind up. Listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'll just, I'll just divorce her quietly. Now, now, really quickly, just so you understand, it says here in the scripture that Mary was engaged to Joseph. There's basically three steps in, in a Jewish wedding situation. There's betrothal, there's engagement, and then there's marriage, okay? And at the engagement level, they're basically considered married, but that would take about a year, and then they would actually get married, okay? So when it says that they were divor- he could divorce her, that's really what would happen, Okay? Just so you know, because I had people ask me before, well, what does it mean? They weren't married. Uh, why would he divorce her? He would divorce her because under that second stage, that, uh, that engagement, it was just like they were married, but they weren't living together and doing the things a married couple would do. Understood? Okay. So he was going to divorce her quietly. And so he's got the plan. It's all set up. He thinks it's honorable. He thinks it's the best thing to do and all those sort of things. And then he has a dream. God speaks to him and his attitude and his his behavior changes. Christmas is about letting God speak to us and change how we see our world and how we see our situations. Christmas is not just about a baby. It's about life change. Jesus came and preached life change. He basically said, when you have an experience with me, when you have an experience with the Father, your life ought to be different. And he starts that at his birth. Saying, Joseph, listen. I know you think you know what's best. See if this sounds familiar to anybody. Because I'm sure it won't. Maybe just me. Joseph, I know you think you know what's best. But I need you to trust me here. I have a plan. My plan is good. And I need you to be obedient. Thank Jesus. Thank the Lord that Joseph was a good, honorable man. Who heard God's voice and obeyed it. Because here's the thing. You know what we do? We go, no, God, no, God, listen. This is a good plan. This is going to help her. This is what's going to be what's best for her. And God says, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you want to do what's best. But here is what's best. Not what you think is always best. But what literally is best. Christmas is about that, guys. Christmas is about allowing the birth of our Savior to change how we see our world and how we relate to one another. I mean, it's it's about letting Jesus come and saying, hey, 
hey, you may think this is the best situation here, but really, I got something better. Okay, listen, I'm just going to speak for me because that's all I can speak for. But there has never been a time in my life where God's plan was not better than my plan. Not one. Not one. God's plan is always better. And you go, Aaron, you and your wife hit a deer yesterday. How can that be good? I don't know. But I know my God is faithful. And I know he's going to do something cool. And I don't know if I'll ever know it this side of eternity. But I, I, I got this idea and this thought that, that, that one day, way into eternity, and I think God's going to do this with all of us. He's got, you know, I was going to say he's got plenty of time. There won't be no more time. I mean, it'll just, you know, we're good. I, I think Jesus is going to take us. Because I love, Jesus is an, an intimate father. You know, get what I'm saying here? It, it, it got, Jesus, God is intimate with us. He, he is he's individual with us. And so if he wants to be individual with us on this rock, just imagine, just imagine what it's going to be like then. And I believe he's going to take us individually. And we're going to go for a walk. We see that in Genesis. God taking a walk to the garden. And we're going to take a walk. And I guarantee you, if I don't know why on this earth, why I hit that deer, why we hit that deer, here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to take us and we're going, we're going hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, it's great. Everything's good. You remember, you remember when you were moving to Broomfield? Yeah, 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 that was, that was hard. Yeah, yeah. You remember when you hit that deer? Oh, absolutely. That was scary. That was, that was I don't, that was tough. I don't, I, I, he'll say, let me tell you why. And we'll rejoice. There's been so many times in my life where things have happened to me. And I like to tell stories. If you haven't noticed that, you're going to get it. And I would tell a story. And, and that, in that moment of going through that, I went, oh, God, why, 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 why? And I don't get an answer. And then as a youth pastor, I have a kid walk up to me and basically verbatim tell me exactly what he was going through. And I went exactly what, through what he went through. And I said, I know exactly what you're feeling. I know exactly what you've been through. This isn't secondhand knowledge. It's firsthand knowledge. It's made a difference in his life and then I walk away and God goes see see but his plans are always better his plans are always better why because he's a good good father and we're loved by him in ways that we can't even imagine I think Part of eternity is just going to be to try, and we will never get there, but just try to, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time just, just trying to understand the, the, the vastness of our Father's love for us. But it changed. Christmas changed him. He allowed it to change him. An encounter with God is always supposed to bring change. If you get to this place in your life where you go, I'm good, I don't need change anymore. You are deceived from the enemy. You are. I love you enough to tell you so. You're deceived. Change is a constant. Change is good because change is forming us to be more like Jesus.
I'll make you a deal. You get through one day without thinking the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, then you and I can have a discussion about where you're at. But you know, I can't sometimes get through five minutes. I don't think I could get through 24 hours if I literally slept all 24 hours. We all need to grow. We all need to change. What a wonderful time to do that, Christmas. What a wonderful time to focus in on it and say, you know what, Jesus? During this season, as we focus our attention, not on the gifts, not on the toys, not on the stuff, not on the songs, not on the music, not on the, not on the food, even all that stuff's great, fun, and dandy, but we're going to focus on you. And at the end of this time, I want to be different. I want to be, as John the Baptist said, less of me and more of you. What an unbelievable goal that would be for this month. Instead of how do we get through Christmas or how do we get the house clean or oh, who's going to come or, or how do we handle the in-laws? How about instead of we put all that stuff away and we say at the end of this time, at the end of this month, when this year goes away, I'm more like Jesus. I'm more like him. I will respond more like him. I will be more like him. I will be willing to take my plans if God so directs and put them aside because his plans are better than mine. Change. It's not always easy. But in some ways, it was what Christmas was all about. We're going to close. We're going to be taking communion in just a second. If the worship team, you guys want to come on up. We're going to kind of bring the plane in for a landing. And again, we, we have, we're going to take communion together this morning. And, but before we move into that time, as, as we were thinking about, as I was thinking about this message and, and thinking about Charlie Brown and thinking about how frustrated he was. He was frustrated for a lot of reasons, but one of them was because he, he did all this stuff. He watched others do all the stuff. And where was he at at the end of the show? At the end of the show, he's frustrated. He's upset. He's bothered. He even says, I, 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 guess, I, I guess I just don't even know what Christmas is all about. And he shouts out, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And in probably a much better way than I have this morning, Linus says, well, sure, Charlie Brown. I know what Christmas is all about. And he goes and the light comes on. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their fields by night and lo angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were so afraid but the angel said unto them fear not for I bring you tidings of great joy which will be for all people 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a heavenly host, praising and singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men and then he walks back to Charlie Brown blanket in one hand getting ready to stick his thumb back in his mouth and with the simplicity of a child and the simplicity of truth one goal at the end of these three weeks that we're going to go through these series. I want people and I want myself to know what Christmas is all about. Because when you know, you can tell others. And then they can tell others. And all of a sudden, things begin to change. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And then I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and we're going to hand out communion. But this morning, I want us to allow these things as we go through these these several things over the next couple weeks to ring in our ears so we won't forget. So if if it's May 8th, we'll know what Christmas is all about. So that we will turn from Charlie Brown into Linus and be changed. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, there's so much right now. There's so much, and, 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 and so much of it is great. Being together as family and singing and all the amazing tastes and smells, the the the. The, the gift giving being able to, to say to say to somebody I thought of you and, and, and this reminded me of you that's, that's a beautiful thing when it's done right that's beautiful but Jesus it's not what this is all about it's not about what's under the tree it's not about the tree it's not about all the stuff it's about you it's about your mission It's about you as Emmanuel, and it's about letting those truths change us. Because that's what you desire to do. So, Father, I pray. God, I pray for divine interruptions. Father, I pray that the Spirit would have free reign over every individual's life in this place. And that, Father, as 
we are doing those things. As we, as we are going and looking at the Christmas lights. As we're, we're sipping our hot chocolate. We give you permission, Father, to divinely interrupt those moments. To remind us that it's about you. It's about your love. It's about your desire to be close to us. We invite you, Jesus, into these moments. We invite you, Father, into these times. Don't allow us, God, to let the busyness and the craziness and the stress, don't let it, don't let it keep us from knowing what Christmas is all about. You are good. You are faithful. You are our rescuer. And we love you so much. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.